Holly, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Um, you're, you've jumped on again on Uncommon Dialogue. So we already did a podcast with you already, which mm -hmm. was really um, And I suppose for the people um, that are not aware of you, your work and what you do, give us a rundown. Um, so I guess the work that I've been doing for the most part is working with the youth, doing narrative therapy, um, through hip hop writing, you know, songwriting lyrics and just giving kids a, a chance to express themselves and be heard and, and see themselves in a different light and, and then it gives them an opportunity to make changes from awareness. Like, like you said, from awareness can come change, but you can't heal anything if you don't know you're sick or if you don't know you have a problem or an issue so you have to be that's the first step i think becoming aware so yeah i guess healing through hip-hop in a nutshell <laughs> yeah healing from hip-hop and healing from writing rhymes yeah the brand's actually um the rhyme theory correct yeah i'm such a bad business promoter but yeah i should <laughs> it's so good um it's good yeah yeah, the rhyme theory, it's, I set that up a couple of years ago now, um, but it's an extension of what I've been doing for 15 years, but it, it became official probably about three years ago mm -hmm. as, a, as a, an entity because it's bigger than me now. Mm -hmm. um, and the rhyme theory gets booked to go um, to different schools, alternative education, community centers, um, and even some corporate lately as well which is good, educating yeah. adults as well as kids. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, just got back from a graduation this morning, actually. So this organization is Operation New Start, and um, they used to work very closely with Victoria Police. I'm not sure if that alliance is still there, but um, they're funded by all different other bodies and agencies now, but they exist um, solely for... Uh, I guess young people that are marginalized or at risk of going down the wrong path, disengaged from school and education or work. And um, I think there's five of them in Victoria. One of them in Collingwood, Narrawarren, Dandenong, um, Flemington or Kensington and Geelong. And I've been working with <clears throat> most of them for the last three or four years. And basically they they take the young people that are not engaging in mainstream education and maybe, I don't want to speak ill of the kids or anything, but they seem to be going down what might be called a wrong path. And I, I think it's just because, because of their environment that they're in, it creates a lot of distortion and um, like tunnel vision, like this is the way that the world is. So then you kind of fit into that world because that's the only world you've ever been exposed to. So how could you know how to live any other way? Yeah. Um, so to me, they're not bad kids or they're not even down the wrong path. Everyone's on the path that they're supposed to be on. It, it, it just needs to, they need to know it and then they can go where they're supposed to go. But basically... Operation New Start are amazing. They do so, so many amazing things with these young people. They, they take them for a whole term, and that's like 10 weeks here in Victoria. And every week they're doing different activities. So let's just take Geelong, for example. Geelong will, will take 
a couple of kids that are skipping school from this area, a couple from this area, and a couple from this area, bring them together. So there's 10 young people in Geelong from similar areas. And then they don't really know each other, but over the course of 10 weeks, they get to bond, they get to go on camp together, they get to go rafting and um, rock climbing and camping, and they get to visit Channel 9 News and go behind the scenes, and they get to spend a couple of days with me in the studio, and that's when I get to unpack and do the writing, and they get to record the song. And... Um, they were just saying just then at graduation, what happens in the rhyme theory session, because I only have them for six hours. Mm -hmm. I have three hours of writing, and three hours to record our little creation. And then they get it back straight on the, like I mix it, I do everything. It's like they get a professional recording in, in six hours. And they were just telling me the work that gets done in, in my session in that six hours is what they strive to do over the whole 10 week period. And it's like a rapid version of that when they come to my session, it's just all the downloads come down. It all gets turned into art. The kids are like, wow, that's me. Wow, I've never done something so dope in my life. And then they, they get love for it. Masses of masses amounts of love for being them and showing themselves in a new way. And I think that just encourages them to keep searching for that. It's a chemical rush, so you, it feels good. You want it, it becomes addictive. So you just need to get the right chemicals and be, get addicted to the right, right things. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're all addicted to the wrong ones. That's why we keep getting in cycles and having this pain, you know, these traumas and these conflicts that keep coming up. And it's because, there's a chemical rush that comes with that as well. And you don't feel like you want that, but your brain wants it. So you have to fight that. It's like um, the struggle between the, the conscious and the subconscious. If you're not even aware of it, it's going to keep happening. So you get aware of it and go, ah, I'm going to change this. Do you think, um, Joe, with the rhyme theory and with your sessions, and what it is, um, that space that you provide for the kids, is it a journey of, let's say, reflection? Because the kids have to stop, pause, reflect on themselves mm. and the journey and how they feel about it. And then it would be a process of how do I express this in the most healthiest way to achieve an outcome which becomes a product that I can cherish, record, and have. I think the young people come in and they, they don't even know what's going to happen. They, they, um, they come with no expectations, which is beautiful because that means we can start anywhere. We've got the potential to go anywhere. And that's what I tell them. I always say, this is your song. I'm not going to tell you how to write it. I'm, I'm going to tell you how to write it, but I'm not going to tell you what to write. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to teach you the how, how I write my songs, my process. And I'm, I put that on the board and we do a group exercise and then I say, okay, if we're going to make this song together. We all need to be able to feed into the song from our own personal experience. So, you know, we listen to some beats and um, they're like, they'll like a beat. And I'll say, what do you think we could say on this beat? And they're like, oh, this one could be some gangster shit, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so who's been involved in some gangster shit? Because we need to tell the truth on this record. And two out of three, you know, 
not everyone I said okay so it's going to be irrelevant for this guy because he hasn't had that life so maybe one or two people did but we can't make a whole song like that so what else have we got in common are you all about the same age okay we start marking commonalities and then when we start seeing all the commonalities they've all been through some shit they've all had trouble at home or at school they've all either been bullied or are bullying they've all had issues with substance and then we start thinking okay it gets down to the point where it might be that they've all just i guess been feeling pressure from an external area um to be a certain way even though they're being conditioned to be another way so it, it's intense pressure so we we kind of crack that open and we discover that we're all under this pressure from school pressure from teachers that are not listening to us when we're trying to tell them what's going on in in our life or try, displaying behaviors that's saying obviously I'm behaving this way because of my experience this is what this is where I think teachers could step up a level because when you when you see certain behaviors i guess the the, the old school way is to punish it instead of understanding it and seeing where that comes from so yeah the the young people really drive the thing i just prompt and ask questions and let them discover it for themselves but it comes we find a commonality and that's the trauma the trauma that we're going through and my version of it might be slightly different to your version but we can all talk from our own experience of traumas and then it gets interesting because then they have to be like oh shit my 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 mum my mum's like this you know they write it down i said let's just start with some dot points don't get ahead of yourself let's just do some dots oh this happened with my dad and my dad's in prison now and this happened and then this happened to me and and I said how do you feel about it what do you think oh i just want to be able to sing and my mum doesn't want me to sing she wants me to get a, a real job she wants me to be an accountant or something and it's like no one ever feel no one ever asks me how i feel or what i want to do a lot of these kids have been through some really hectic stuff and they just never get chance to say it they don't talk about it to friends they don't talk about it to counselors they just say yeah everything's good they don't even know the language to use to express it um and then we we unpack it first as dot points and then i teach them how to write a story in rhyme and rhythm and incorporate these elements that we've just extracted and that's how the song gets built and it's it's a fun process it's not a skit I mean they get scared more about rapping in and in front of people than the actual unpacking like they they feel so comfortable to talk to me we, we share stories I share stories of my experiences and it's just creating that safe space where they can feel that even though they're really shy and really nervous at least they can say one word about it or contribute to it and then it flows from there pretty amazing process really yeah it sounds amazing you could almost eventually at some point joe evolve the name to the rhyme therapy mm <laughs> a bit of an idea there because it's exactly what it is isn't it it's therapy through rhymes it's therapy through expression 
therapy through reflection and and making note and then turning that into something musical. Well, perhaps that is the theory. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been an amazing adventure. I was just talking to another rapper actually, um, One Six um, or Aaron, as he's known to some. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a pretty big rapper here in Melbourne, in Australia. Point blank, is one of the dopest. And um, I asked him to come along with a session. Well, he's been coming to a few of the sessions. Um, he's actually been working with the rhyme theory extensively now. And yesterday we went to a primary school. That rarely happens because primary schools are quite rigid and, you know, they've got their way. And I'm usually working with the teens that have gone down a wrong path. And you, you, so um, I wrote a song purposely for these younger young little young people because they were only like grade five grade six and I wanted to use language that I thought might be more appropriate for them so I wrote this whole song about um, following your own path and even though people might mock you or you know try and push you off that path you, you always got to listen to yourself and um and keep practicing at that as well because you know you'll get better with practice and then you'll be able to own yourself. I, I was really empowering these kids but in a fun, silly, <laughs> rappy, oh, it was, it was a magical session and um, me, and, me and Aaron after the session, we were just saying how it, it feeds our soul as well. Like it's not just a job. Um, I always get emotional thinking about it, but good, it's good. <laughs> even when when we both had a pretty heavy week and feeling heavy energy, but as soon as you go into that space, all that just melts off, and we're there, and we're all kids again, and it's all fun and exciting, and the kids are like, ah, wow, like it's like um, we're characters that have just popped out of the TV, and they're like, oh. <laughs> and they lifted us up so much. Um, me and Aaron, energy after the session, we were so excited um, ourselves, and we we noticed it. We was like, look at us, we're we're both buzzing here. So we had to come to the studio and capture that energy, and we ended up making a jam last night as well for ourselves. But it's definitely it's definitely my calling, and I think it's everybody's to to be able to give. Why, um, Joe? Why do you think, when you talk about it, um, the work that you do with the rhyme theory and the kids, why do you think you get so um, passionate and emotional about about that? I think because <laughs> there's a lot of love. I I go into a space with a lot of love, and when that's captured. It comes back amplified from these 10 little boys. <laughs> There's just a, an appreciation, I suppose, on multiple levels, appreciation that I, I can see them appreciating what we're doing. And I appreciate that I've got the ability to do this and I appreciate that I'm here making a difference and that it gives my life purpose as well. 
So there's a combination of things and probably a lot of my own traumas are attached to what I'm doing as well. So it's, it's healing myself while I'm healing these guys and learning a lot about myself and learning the power that we all have. I used to go into workshops with the idea of I'll just make a dope track with these kids and they'll love it and that's it and I'll get paid and I'll be able to enjoy the rest of my day. Do you know what I mean? But now I see that it's, it's having a bigger impact. Like the, the, the money isn't the reward. The reward is <sighs> when you see the kids after like 10 years or something, <laughs> they're still doing really well. And they still give you all that love. It's such a beautiful thing to have such a positive impact um, and, and for you to love so much what you're doing. It's such a beautiful thing, you know. I don't think you realise probably the magnitude of, of the positivity and the impact that you're actually having. I, I don't think I ever stopped to contemplate until recently, I, that's what I was saying. I was getting more in tune. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm doing this with these guys and to these guys sometimes and influencing people and sending vibrations out that people, it, it affects the world. Mm. Um, people always say, you can't change the world. The world is the way it is. And I'm like, I'm the example of how it has I am changing the world. Every day I'm changing the world. Even if I'm just in the corner, just chipping away at it. Like, don't believe that you can't change the world and don't believe that you can't change yourself. That's when I've been reflecting on my influence and the waves that I've been putting out there. Um, I, I leveled up. I switched it up. I'm like, oh, now that I know this, how can I fine-tune this and really get in there and really change the world um so mastering my own craft as well and and that just comes over time and experience and learning what works what doesn't work and and what what my intent is you know what am i just here to just make music and that's cool because we're all creative beings and that's beautiful in itself or am i here to create music that can create change and has a, a bigger like tibetan um, singing bowls they're not just music they're vibrations that get into your cells and your chakras and can change your vibrational frequency and your thoughts and your life and the world by using vibrations so I guess I'm just tapping into a ancient you know since, since Sanskrit since um, since like using sounds and vibrations to purify, cleanse, heal, and elevate, raise the vibration. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're doing. Exactly. But I didn't know I was doing that <laughs> at the start. And then now I know. Now I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. which frequency are we going to use today? Then I'm a bit, <laughs> a bit cocky with it now. I've started like researching into um, 432 hertz sounds and healing frequencies and even sampling Tibetan bowls in my hip hop and so people are like, that's a dope beat and they don't even know the heart's like yeah it is mm. 
mm, the hearts in the, in it as well, not just their heads and their ears. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's getting them in different spots now, mm. sneakily. How far? Um, or how do you see the rhyme theory evolving? Um, it's it's been a whole organic process since the start. I never have any plans. Mm-hmm. I just go with it. Like m- from my first workshop, I was just invited to go. It was nothing I was trying to get into. I just was. The door was open. Someone said, "Hey, come in." I went in. I, I enjoyed it. The kids enjoyed it, and then it's turned into this quite a big thing over over quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, been doing it for fifteen years now. And I guess I've been asked to do some professional development for other workshop facilitators. I've been asked to do PD for teaching staff. Um, so, and I'm doing a couple of corporate gigs with, I guess, team building and bonding and sharing and through music and stuff. But mm-hmm. like I said, these are, not, these are not the paths that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I'm just wherever the doors open and people say, hey, do you want to come in? I just say, yeah, okay. Well, if I've been asked to go there, then you need me. So, mm-hmm. and I'm just all about helping whoever needs help and not trying to push it down people's throats when they're not ready. Mm-hmm. So in all honesty, I want to be able to work a little bit less so I can reserve my energy so that when I do go in there, it's really intense. So if, if I was very honest, that's my... That's my goal that I'm trying to do. That's why I'm working with more artists and, and training other artists so that they can, there's got to be another generation of this. It can't start and stop with me. It's got to continue and evolve without me. It's, it's just another form of what's probably already out there, but in, in my unique format. Um, but yeah, no, no solid plans, but just more and more of healing, I guess. Yeah, and that's exactly what you're doing, you know. You're, it's a modality and a tool that you're implementing to make change for mm. awareness and healing, mm. you know. And it's, it's such a powerful thing, and it's like with anything, anything that we do, um, you know, in our lives or in our work has to be of the nature where we're having a positive impact and we're creating ripples because it's all about, you know, doing what we need to do and living by example because we can say we want to change the world we can say that we're therapists healers but unless we're actually putting the work and and that um living through integrity by actually doing it and proving it not to just ourselves but to the world it doesn't matter if you just have one audience or one client or or one one life that you impact at least it's an impact and it still Mm. makes a difference you know 100 percent. and that one person that you impact is once their life's changed that's going to impact all everything around them so all their connections as well Mm. and you might not even realize that that one it, it's going to have an effect because once that affects that person, that affects that person, everyone's going to change and feel something from that. And it, it's constantly happening regardless. Mm-hmm. You, you're always having an impact on something or somebody, whether you're conscious of it or not. So you may as well make a, an aware, you, know, you, you may as well be aware of it and be a positive impact. And then yeah. if we're all positively 
impacting each other, then what a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. It's all about um, um, supporting everyone's work. You know, everyone does different things, but it's important as well, I think, to be open to collaborate and work together because mm. you know, there's power in numbers in shifting. Um, Definitely. Impact. There's power in numbers when, when it comes to change too. Definitely. Mm. I'm, I'm constantly looking for more people to connect with that are on the same wave. And when I find them, that, that excites me in itself, just having conversations with people that get it. Um, so, yeah, definitely building that community. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hopefully you might get some more community members after, um, you know, some people watching and uh, watching you talk about the Rome theory and how passionate you are about um, helping kids and making a difference and doing your work there. That's an amazing thing. Mm. Do you think Rhyme theory will end up uh, making an impact overseas globally? Hopefully. Um, I think so because because I've got ties in the UK still and that's where my youth work started and um, me and my wife are going to be going back there on and off over the next year or so mm-hmm. going for two months over Christmas and then again next summertime or something and every time I go over there I always get asked to do another workshop in Manchester or do something and I always do it off the radar I never really think oh this is a because I'm not a business, I'm not business minded. I'm not the, that's why even on my Facebook, I should post more, but there's red tape around filming kids and taking pictures of them and stuff. So you you always have to like blank their faces out or do something sometimes without, if if you can't get permission slips and stuff, otherwise you need to go and get permissions. And I'm really sloppy with social media. So I, I never really talk about it, but it's actually happening organically anyway so yeah there's ties in the UK and thought about I've got some connections in France and Spain um, and even though I don't speak those languages I speak a tiny tiny bit of Spanish but not enough to do a workshop <laughs> just, enough to, just enough to get to a restaurant and find the toilet <laughs> um, but they have international schools and they speak a lot of English and stuff and I know that's pretty ignorant of me and I'm trying to up my language skills but it's just about the intention though like you were saying like just coming from the heart and seeing what I can do and those conversations are in place um but yeah I guess it has to tie in with travel and holidays and personal stuff because there's not always a lot of money in the work as well and a lot of it's um the grants um have to be um written and and received or they have to get government funding or stuff like that. So I try to tie it in when I'm traveling anyway, so they don't have to pay extra stuff for flights and accommodation and stuff like that, which happens sometimes, you know, if they want to fly me up to Darwin or out to New Zealand or something, that that happens. Um, But I, I appreciate that it costs money and I try to keep the overheads down for the organizations as much as possible just to make it, accessible for the kids because you don't want to block them because of money that's just silly you know what I mean yeah wow you're doing good things Joe um it's really really good to see um someone utilize their experience talents and career up to date to start you know 
you are mm. moving forward and, and making an impact. Um, yeah. And what you do well to help change, you know, the lives of other people and starting with kids too, which is really um, where, you know, kids, not that they need it the most or more than anyone, but um, at that most vulnerable thing too in their lives where, um, you know, having that impact on, on the youth while they're still in their youth, you know, is mm. um, can create catastrophic change for people as they go into their adulthood and move on in their lives. So, Well, there was, um, like I said, I was at a graduation this morning. I've been at a couple because they've all graduated. It's the end of the term. So, and because I've been working with so many of them, I've been invited to different graduations on different days. Cool. A couple of days ago, um, one of them had invited um, an ex new start graduate from three years ago mm. and she came to share her experience and no one really knew what she was going to say but she ended up being very vulnerable and just opened up and just said look I went through this 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 and this and then this this and, this, and all this stuff was coming out and then she said and then we worked at Operation New Start I met these beautiful people and since then this has happened, this has happened, this, 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 and this has happened. And it was just really um, had that impact for the rest of the young people that just graduated this day. They could see themselves and they could see their journey and they could see possibly their future. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it does have a massive impact. If you can turn someone's life, not completely around, but have that initial it, it is going to turn completely around. The trajectory changes, and by the time, you know, it's on a timeline, so we've only just left. Mm. We've only just left the fog, but imagine where that's going to go after a while, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Only, only, only great things can come from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like you said before, I never really used to see myself um, like that it's good to have this reflection because um, you said you're using your experience and your career and your um, craft or your art or something. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's, it's my life experience. My childhood experience is all my, this is where my compassion comes from. Mm -hmm. I know how it feels to be in that seat and in that situation and to be isolated or to be bullied or to have race, racial slurs or, to have traumatic household experience, family, domestic violence, um, single parent, all kinds of neglect and abuse from childhood. I know what that feels like as well, even though I don't think about it all the time and I don't talk about it to my friends all the time and I'm working through it myself with my wife mainly. Um, but I know that, so that's where those first lessons come from and then I guess my my art was my escape from that my art was my passion and my love affair and my teacher as well for the most part it, it grew my character it grew my personality and my morals a lot like I had to learn a lot and I had to have the full spectrum of hip-hop which is what a, a lot of kids don't get these days like hip-hop to me is like a rainbow you've got some red fiery stuff 
you've got some mellow yellow stuff <laughs> and you've got you've got different flavors of hip-hop you've got some conscious stuff people like tribe called quest de la soul common all the older stuff krs1 that used to have knowledge and wisdom rakim used to have all that good stuff that positive stuff that keep your head in a good space and work through it stuff um and public enemy talking about the world look at this world that we live in look at these politicians are they really in our best interest what are we doing here and make you think about it um but i, I always feel like this it's not completely missing because you, but you have to dig hard for it because it's, there's a lot of booties shaking in your face in hip-hop and that doesn't really teach you much but to look for more booties shaking in your face and talk about the booties and all the superficial stuff the money the cars the watches the consumerism and keeping you inside a trap mm. it's a scary place for kids so you have to show them that there's this light in inside this darkness as well you just have to like the night sky there might be a lot of darkness but there is some sparkles and that's the beauty in it so look for the beauty in it you know what i mean don't overlook it and I am um, definitely back exactly what you're talking about, especially with all the artists that you just rattled off, which are all my favorites as well, because there's mm. an element of awareness and insight and philosophy um, and, and talking about learning from their journey and sharing that where it's a big battle now because in a lot of, not all, but a lot of the mainstream stuff that's obviously publicized um heavily you know in the media isn't mm. really leading by example or not really thinking about i think the the listener or the consumer or the youth or the world or how how's this vibration mm, um, having an impact yeah, how's yeah. This vibration? well i was asked to do a, a session um around gender equality um and specifically in hip-hop and in the music industry but the impact of that in society um so if i'm being asked to do a session specifically on that then you know that there's a problem in that area and you know that it's off balance um so we had a very brief history of hip-hop in the session and we looked at powerful women um queen latifah um, MC Light, Salt and Pepper, people who they they weren't talking about stripping in the club or mm. sex or they weren't they weren't fun they they weren't like that they were more switched on and if they were talking about sex they were talking about it in a conscious way like um, I know Salt and Pepper had let's talk about sex and it was like let's actually talk about it though you know let's not just make a video that looks like a porn and just talk wildness let's have the conversation mm -hmm. and that's um powerful women in hip-hop is kind of missing as well mm -hmm. so it's almost like whoever's in control up there because i don't think it's necessarily the artist's fault i think it's all a bit of a trap to be honest and i think people get lured in and then they become puppets instead of artists Mm -hmm. So they do what they're told for the treat. Come on, do it, do it. Good girl. There you go. You know what I mean? They keep getting that reward, that treat, and they keep doing what they're told. Yeah. Um, because I think 
even my experience in, in the industry, I was told what to do and how to be and what to say in interviews. When I was first getting in, I was being groomed and conditioned, but they said, oh, it's media training or it's um, artist development. They would call it fancy names, but they were trying to manipulate me. And I just thought that was the industry. And I was so young and naive that I was going along. I was like, this is Sony Records or this is BMG or Def Jam. Like, they know what they're doing. I, who am I? I'm this 20-year-old, 21-year-old. This is my first introduction to the industry. So I know that that happens for a fact. Um, and it's a shame because they're thinking with the wrong part of the brain, uh, with the thinking instead of feeling, I guess. Yeah. We touched base on this, actually, Joe, in, in our first chat with the podcast about um, the issues or the journey or the trap per se that an artist can get, I suppose, led down, you know, down the rabbit hole um, in terms of doing or performing or creating um, from a place of authenticity or mm. selling your soul a little bit as well because you think that that's what radio wants to hear and that's what, you know, the media and and mainstream want. And do you, yeah, do you it's, think? It, I think it's, it becomes very formulatic. Like you can, he you can hear it in, in songs, they're going to do this now and you expect, oh, and then this is going to happen. If you're an artist uh, and you've been, or even a, an avid fan, you can tell the difference straight away between something that's authentic and something that's been created for a three minute slot on this program that sounds like this and fits in with everything else that's going on. And it's, it's definitely a real thing and it's a shame, but people could argue that there's an art in that there's an art in everything. Like they've, they've been able to mass hypnotize people into thinking that this is cool there's an art in that if you can go out and say hey guys this is cool and everyone goes ah, then it's it's actually if they say it's cool then it's cool but you know it's just not where my away my awareness my consciousness and my energy resonates so mm -hmm. it's 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 a thing I can actually see you doing other things there, Joe, with the rhyme theory, even if it's just like everything that we're just talking about now and, mm. and you talking about, you know, bringing your consciousness into your work and you being more conscious about, you know, the things that you want to create and actually mm. and doing seminars and talks with other artists that may have gone down a particular path or might be stuck in that, um, you know, rocking a hard place of being who they want to be and who they think they have to be. Um, and mm. doing that really, you know, sharing that, that valuable insights, because I think, um, in, in like in most industries, you know, people tend to see themselves as competitors rather than a united front. And it might be good, you know, sometimes you just yeah, need to a different perspective. Better, yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm definitely open, like I've been speaking to people about doing a podcast and people have asked me to come and do some talks and stuff. And I, it's, like I said before, it's never been anything that I've pursued. And I think I have um, discovered that I've got a 
an, an issue that I need to resolve in my own brain as a bit of a self-sabotaging voice that says, who am I to tell people mm-hmm. how to live or how to like, and then the other guy comes and is like, you're just sharing experience. You would, you would appreciate it if someone shared experience. So I have to, I'm too humble sometimes. And I, I always think my ego is getting in the way like, yeah, I can do this or I can do this. And I'm, I'm struggling sometimes as well, but mm-hmm. I'm open to it. So, you know, like I said, I'm, when the doors open, I just, that's when I walk through. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's actually a really good outlook and philosophy as well, because when the doors open and they will, then you know that that's exactly where you're meant to go. Exactly. And that's when I'll feel comfortable in that as well, because I've been asked to be there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I have doubts about setting up a podcast or setting this up or that up because I have no one's asked me to do that. And I'm like, do I need to be invited to do this or can I just do this? You know, and I was like, no one ever invited me to make music. I still did it, though. Yeah. So I need to remind myself of yeah. all my potential as well. Yeah, definitely. And you know what, Joe, just think about the kids and the impact that you have there and the change that you make. And that is mm. evidence of who you are and the things that you do. And that's the intent as well. So I guess when you move forward with the intent, then you can't be thinking about your ego getting in the way because you know that you're moving from the heart. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And so this is good anyway. This is good for me to, that's what I mean. Every, every day I'm reflecting and healing myself as well. No, that's really cool. And that's the thing too, you know, when we operate from a place of um, positive intent and authenticity because it's your heart that's calling, you know, it's like what you're saying, music. Um, No one told you to do music. You just did it because that's where you naturally gravitate towards, you know. So true. Um, And then that's when you know you're in the most authentic place. Um, within yourself because it's not forced it's not um like a you know artificial um monsanto product it's organic Mm. it's fresh Mm. you know it comes from a real and raw place um and when you know the seeds or the fruits of that type of harvest start blooming then you know that it just starts growing organically and that's i think the, the only thing that you know um, you and we all need to focus on is um, what is my heart saying? What is my heart yeah. saying? How do I oh, follow that? Definitely go back to the heart. I was watching um, a podcast with uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Have you heard of this guy? No. He's um, a biologist by, na- like by nature. He's a scientist from the States. He's 70 odd years old now. Um, and he was studying genes and genetics and after all his findings to cut to the chase, he was doing an ex well, not an experiment. He was observing cells and he noticed that the cells don't carry the information. The cells in all of our body are receiving a signal from an external source. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm, I'm a scientist. I never believed in religion or spirituality or anything. And he's like, as soon as I had a scientific fact that my consciousness is not even inside this body, this body can die. My consciousness is still going to be broadcasting. It just needs another vehicle to be able to broadcast it to. And because we're all tuned into different stations, so you can imagine 
the radio where you used to tune, go down the dial and pick different stations. It's all there, but we just have to like tune into our signals, you know what I mean? And, and that's when we can manifest as this thing. Um, and he, he was talking about how we're all very much in the head all the time, all thinking, thinking, trying to rationalize. And he said, there's a place for that. Of course, you've got to work some stuff out sometimes, but then you've got to go to the heart and that's got to be the final answer. How does it feel? How does it resonate? How does it vibrate? Mm. Um, so yeah, it's all always got to be from the heart. He's a fascinating guy, actually. He's been blowing my mind lately. Yeah, cool. I'll have mm. to look into him. I'll have to get you to share some stuff. Um, yeah, because I, I guess I was very scientifically driven as a kid as well. I used to love looking at microscopes and I was good in science class. It was, I was curious. I wanted to know how things work. I used to pull the TV apart <laughs> or, you know, the VCR. I would see what's going on inside it. And I've always been that way inclined um, and never was spiritual myself. Even though I was raised Catholic, it wasn't my thing. It didn't resonate with me. The stories felt like lies, and I felt like everyone was making it all up, and it was fairy tales. And until I had my experience that we spoke about yeah. on the last podcast as well, until I had my near-death experience, and now I'm putting like that experience with scientific research, and still like blown away by like it just reminds me like because it was five years ago now and it was such a massive thing um and i think that has shifted my consciousness as well and is probably a large part of why i'm doing what i'm doing as well um because i feel like that that experience really woke me up and really made me look at my life in ways that i'd never looked at it before and took it a bit more serious and it was like why why bother why be bothered about having a body and being alive if i know that i'm never going to die because we're all god and we're all immortal and we all never die this is my new belief system now like Buddhist reincarnation if you want if you're trapped in that cycle because sometimes the, the spirits don't even know that they're trapped in a cycle with so habitual that we just keep manifesting the same things all the time mm -hmm. um, and then I thought well now that I know that now that I'm aware of that well what's the point in being alive anymore it felt like I'd completed the game I'd con conquered that video game I know the point of it I always was striving for what's the point of life why why are we here in the first place um and then when i figured that out and then i was like yeah but why am why am why come back why did i come back why and and i know it's because in the other realm in the consciousness spirit world heaven whatever you choose to call it in that non-physical plane it's non-physical, so you can't have physical touch, you can't have physical love, the, the fluctuations in the heart, you can't have taste sensations, you can't make beats and have and spit rhymes because it's just more, it's like consciousness, you can think about it, you can imagine it, you can't do it until you come down here and then you get the chance to live out all your dreams and, and that's what we've forgotten, that this is supposed to be the heaven part. This is the, you know, this is the part where we have fun with it and we can taste things and we can 
do stuff and splash in the ocean and taste the salt water on our lips and feel the breeze and look at the trees and smell the plants, the flowers and taste things and immerse in this experience. And I think that we get heavily distracted and said, no, 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 go down there. Just, just do that. Just be scared of everything. It's scary out there anyway. Why would you want to do that? Just, just do this. And we just get squashed into this place. And like I was saying before, even with the music, it's like a mass hypnosis. Everyone's hypnotized into this is the way it is. This is the way it is. This is, there's no escape. Like this is the world, and you can't change it. Mm. Um, but it's not that. It's, it's that's one vibration that you've been tuning into. But if you wake up and tune into another one, then this reality is really your dream. Mm. So do it, and that's what I've been trying to teach myself as well. Like that's why I said I want to be able to work less. So I can have more of an impact. And in my own downtime, I can be more creative with my own art. I've got projects that I've they've been sitting there for four years. And I feel like I'm so passionate about what I do that I, I self-neglect and self-sabotage, like I was saying before. So I, the whole uh, message from my near-death experience was balance. And there's still a lot of imbalance in my life that I'm, I'm trying to get it back so it's a bit more balanced. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a trip in itself. <laughs> well, it's all a part of the human experience, isn't it? Mm. Um, striving for balance and putting things into action, um, trying to maintain, you know, a consistency or a balance between um, what we desire and what is right for us and what's authentic and how do we make a difference? And if I want to make a difference, how do I put it into action? And if I put it into action, what's the impact it's going to have? And it's this constant. Um, and mm. again, going back to what you're saying, you know, with the whole reincarnation thing, that's the beauty of coming back. And, and incarnating into a into a human experience or into the body so that we can have these tangible experiences as well, which is, um, I think, as, you know, humans, people, humanity, we tend to forget that heaven and hell, um, if it were to exist, it exists right here on earth. Exactly. And, you know, and it's all based on, um, it's based on the reality of what we tune into and that frequency, you know. Definitely. Mm. I see um, religions a bit different now. I still think that they're a bit over the top. I mean, sorry, I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but I think it's um, it's trying to tune in to your morals and remember, from my, from my experience, I can only talk about capitalism because I've never grew up in Judaism or Islam or anything else. Um, I used to think it was a control mechanism like the police of the time, like, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't like, it's, it's pretty much like laws. Um, but I think people don't need to be told to do that. Because it, it, it's, it pretty much says, if you do this, you'll be in hell. Because it, but what it's talking about is the karma and the thought patterns and the psychology that you'll be in. You cheat on your wife, you're going to be in hell. You Ask my brother about that. <laughs> but if you if you it, it's true it's here on earth like if you take it in a in a different way and you can learn from these things then you don't need to create hell here you can raise your vibration you can not give into those impulses and learn some self-discipline and 
break out of habits that are creating hell, start creating those habits that are creating heaven. Mm, absolutely. And like with any religion, I think, especially when it comes, you know, for example, Bibles or other um, writings of such, it's never meant to, and I just, you know, obviously it's just my opinion, but it's never meant to be a book of rules, just mm. metaphors and, and lessons to learn by. And I think I was too young at the time. I think it comes too young. Um, I think all that stuff should be self-discovered. Like, mm. you know, you you can have somebody who says, hey, this is available and this is available and this is available. Like ice cream, you've got to taste them to know which flavor resonates with you. And then you can find spirituality your own way. I've, like I said, Bruce Lipton found it through science, through looking at mathematic facts and stuff, and found that through science he found spirituality. He, he said he, he couldn't get into the Bible. He couldn't get into preachers and um, even spirituality, people that were all spiritual. <laughs> he had to find it his way, and I think we all kind of do. So it's just one language, mm -hmm. um, and it's... It's about not, not interpreting that language the wrong way because if you're reading some old Sanskrit, you could read, you know, I've seen some stuff that's, um, it wasn't a yoga book. I, I wish I could quote it. <laughs> but it would say, it was saying something like, the, the loose translation is something like, now you are ready um, for the practice of yoga. Mm -hmm. But people had translated it slightly different and some people would say, now that you are mentally ready, now that you are aware that you need to be here, now that this is why you are here because you've reached mm -hmm. like that point. And even subtle changes in the translation can give you a whole different meaning. And we are, and even when we get the, the words, we put our own connotations inside those words anyway. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. To me, it means this. So it's very, um, it's very, tricky to say this is the way because a lot of religion people say this is the way this is mm -hmm. the one true god or whatever do you know what i mean but they're all the same story mm -hmm. i suppose pointing you to the same place um and it's inside actually they're all trying to say look inside and yeah. start here because this is where heaven and earth is as well mm. you know um truth is one paths are many um you know, and it all really comes mm. from the same source, but it's really up to us as as people and humans as to how we interpret the information that, that surrounds us as well. Definitely. You know? And that's what um, Dr. Bruce Lipton was saying about the cells. That's what they're doing, um, taking that information from around us. And that's why we feel things in our heart when we know the energy is a bit tense here or a bit negative or, oh, this light and happy and this love here. And when when you fall in love, that's when it's at its ultimate and you're not even in your head at all. You're just like, oh my God, this person's so amazing. I don't even want to go to sleep. I want to stay awake all night talking. Um, it's because you're fully in your heart. That, that's when you're fully in your heaven. Um, it's only when you come out of that and start thinking, oh, this person's not who I thought she was going to be. She's really getting on my nerves right now when she does this. And it's like, you're not being where you, where, where you were. Mm. Go back there where it's just all love. Yeah, yeah. 
Totally love it, Joe. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. Um, we it has been. We could be here for hours. <laughs> I know. We always chat and we always say we're going to talk about the spiritual side of my sure. near-death experience. And then we just end up getting on a... Full tangent. But do you know what? This yeah. is good because we haven't gotten there yet. So that means that you've got to come back. <laughs> True. It's like part. It's like a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> it will definitely be a trilogy. So we'll definitely have you back to to go into it a lot more de in depth. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much, Joe. We'll Thanks for having me. All good. Oh.